Praise God. The evidence is all around because the Spirit of the Lord is here. Do you sense the presence of the Lord? Thank you for coming to church and making God a priority in your life. I believe because you made God a priority in your life and you have honored Him that He will pour His favor on you and your house and your work week will be so much better because you honored God. I want to speak to you on the prayer of favor. The prayer of favor. Continuing in Ed's series on Nehemiah, turn with me to the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 2, starting in verse 1 through 5. Nehemiah 2, 1 through 5. As we speak on, again, the prayer of favor. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why, do you, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Verse 4, the king said to me, what is it you want? Nehemiah says, then I prayed to the God of heaven and answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Look at the latter part of verse 8. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. I love that. And because the gracious hand of God was on me, the king answered my request. The prayer of favor is an amazing thing. How you pray determines what kind of life you live. If you only pray small, ordinary, get-by prayers, you will live a small, ordinary, get-by life. But when you have the boldness to ask God to fulfill his will in your life, then you begin to ask him to open doors that might never open. You ask him for the favor to take you further than anyone in your family. You ask for the favor to do the unthinkable. You ask for the favor of God to do the impossible. When you pray the favor of God or pray for the, favor of, pray for the prayer of favor, you will see the greatness of God's power in your life. In chapter 1, Nehemiah goes to the, gets to the understanding of why he is in the position he is in. He realizes that God is calling him to rebuild Jerusalem. And he understands if he just lives in the luxury of the palace, then he'll miss the purpose of why God has him there. He said, my position is nothing if I don't have God's purpose so Nehemiah begins to pray and he begins to fast. And the Bible says he prays and fasts for four months. Nehemiah 1-1 says night and day that something could be done in Jerusalem. And during this period, Nehemiah had diligently tried to maintain his customary happy appearance, but his grief over Jerusalem was so great that finally the king looks at him and says, what is it that's wrong with you? Nehemiah bows his head. He says a quick prayer. And then he begins to tell him what he wants. And he answered the king with a quick prayer. 
And Nehemiah says, I really need to go build Jerusalem. Point number one, the prayer for favor opens closed doors. I want you to say that with me. The prayer for favor opens closed doors. In all of the wonderful things that God had done for the children of Israel, there are no few more astounding things than this right here. It's a daring request. Because it had only been a couple of years since Artaxerxes had told them to stop building Jerusalem. And now here comes Nehemiah. And the amazing thing is that Artaxerxes, he listens to Nehemiah and he gives him everything he wants, lock, stock, and barrel. That a Persian king should have reversed a former decision was unheard of. But Nehemiah, he understands this, and he gets sent with a full military escort to rebuild Jerusalem. It blows the minds of everyone that is watching. That's the favor of God. The favor of God is an amazing thing. Here's how it works. God says, I have a plan and a purpose, so boom, here you go. Here are some giftings. And there are some people in this room right now that things have just fallen on you and you don't even know how it happened. Other people are sweating and they're trying to pull things together and they can't seem to grasp life. But for you, it just comes really, really easy. And if they were to ask you, well, how are you doing what you're doing? You just kind of look at them and say, well, I don't know. It's it's God. It's the favor of the Lord. When God wants to promote you, he doesn't ask your boss. When God wants to promote you, he doesn't check with your family. When God wants to promote you, he doesn't call the head of the denomination and ask permission or the head of the bank. He just does what he wants to do because he's sovereign God. He's almighty God. Say it again, the prayer of favor opens closed doors. Oh, come on, say it again. The prayer of favor opens closed doors. And we need to understand that there is a correlation between the blessing of God and the purpose of God. As you walk with God and seek to be obedient to him, God will bless you for his purpose. Those blessings are uniquely yours. They belong to you. They've been designed uniquely by God to fit you, your personality, your giftings. And God doesn't bless you so you can brag or so that you can tell people, look how wonderful I am. No, God blesses you because he has an eternal purpose in mind. Whatever the blessing may be that comes into your life, whether it is your finances, whether it's your business, whether it's your talents or abilities, some of you have amazing abilities to sing. There are people that are spending all kinds of money to try to sing like you do and play the instrument like you do, and yet it just comes so easy to you. It's just something that just seems to flow out of you. Whatever it is, it doesn't make a difference what the blessing is. It might be your career. It might be your job. You need to understand that there's a reason for the blessing, an eternal purpose, a role you are to play. All of those blessings are tools to strategically maneuver you into a place of God's influence so God can fulfill his promise through you. He's literally moving you strategically into places. Influence comes from God. Paul talks about the power to persuade or influence men's hearts. And that power and ability comes from God. So God gives you those blessings, talents, and abilities because he has a purpose for you. The enemy will try to steal the purpose. 
He will not try and steal the blessing. If the devil tried to steal the blessing from your life, your talents and abilities, you would recognize him and you would fight him. But he tries to steal the purpose. If he can steal the purpose and make you take your blessings and start living for yourself, then he perverts what God wants to do. So he'll never take the blessing, but he tries to pervert the blessing. And you begin to live for yourself. He will not try and steal it. He'll just take the things that God wants you to do and pervert it. The blessings you have right now are not for you. They are for the glory of God. The reason you have that gift to sing, they're singing up here so wonderfully. The reason they had a gift to sing is to give God glory. The reason you have the anointing to preach is to give God glory. The reason you've moved into that position on your job is not for you, it's for the glory of God. The reason your business is being financially blessed, it's because God has given you the talents and the abilities all for the glory of God. And God didn't have to give you a position just to feed you. God could have fed you somewhat, some other way. He put you on a current assignment for his glory, that he could use you. Have you ever been going through a difficult situation and you really don't know how you're going to make it and then somebody comes and gives you a hallelujah handshake? Those hallelujah handshakes, they have something in it besides the anointing. It's usually some money or, and you look at that and you're just, oh my Lord, how did God, how did you know? How did you know? And God looks at you and he says, because I want to fulfill my blessing in your life. Can you imagine how Nehemiah felt when the king of Persia granted his request in the midst of all the impossibilities? In my mind, Nehemiah, he probably wants to dance. He probably wants to shout. I imagine him wanting to just lift his voice and give God glory. That's why you cannot let anyone intimidate you about praising God because they don't know the impossibilities that you have gone through to get you to where you are. How the prayer of favor opened closed doors in your life. So when you see someone rejoicing, when you see them dancing, when you see them praising, don't get critical. Don't look at them and say, well, I, I don't think that's proper. You might be used to the blessing, but for them, they need to praise it. You might get emotional too if you were raising several kids by yourself, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God dropped a blessing on you. So now they're in church on Sunday morning, and they're praising the Lord, and they're crying out to God. And they're lifting their hands, and they're realizing the purpose. No, the prayer for favor opens closed doors. And friends, if we are going to reach our highest potential and fulfill God's will in our lives, his mission for us, then we have to come to the understanding of the power of praying for the prayer favor, God-sized prayers. We'll have to develop and possess the boldness of the heroes of the faith like Nehemiah. Here's an eternal question. When was the last time you asked God to do something supernatural? When is the last time you asked God to do something impossible or out of the ordinary? One of the reasons we do not see God do great things in America is that we only ask for small things. When it comes to prayer, we pray for our food or we pray for protection. We may ask for wisdom, and that's all good, but I believe that's limiting the limitless God. There should be something right now you are praying about and asking God for that's impossible. That's so far out there that you cannot achieve on your own. 
Nehemiah, as well as the heroes of the faith, listen in Hebrews 11, they dared to ask, and then they had the faith to believe that what they asked for would come to pass. Listen, this morning, your dream may seem impossible. You may feel like you are never going to make it, or you may feel like you don't have the connections or the fundings. But God is saying, dare to ask me to bring it to pass. Dare to ask me to connect you with the right people. Dare to ask me to flood you with my anointing and my giftings. See, too many times we pray for small things. We'll pray, well, God, my child is making poor choices. Can you just turn them around? Listen, that's all good and that's all fine. But the Holy Spirit says, is that all you want? You just want me to help them make better choices? Are you just asking me to help them to barely make it through the day? No, God meets you at the level of your faith. If you ask small, you will receive small. A prayer for God's favor is, God, I'm asking you to not only turn my child around, but God, use them in a mighty way. Let them touch people all over the world. Let them be more of a threat to hell than hell is a threat to them. Father, I'm praying that the power of the Holy Spirit will fall on my child. It's not enough, Lord, for you to help them make good choices. I want you, Lord, to give them a Holy Spirit impact that will change the world. An ordinary prayer is, God, just help me make it this month. Lord, if you could just help me pay the rent, that would be great. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with praying that type of prayer, especially if it is felt. But a prayer for God's favor is, God, I'm asking you to increase me in such a way that as I am obedient, as I tithe, as I give, that, Lord, not only would I be able to pay off my house, but I'll be able to pay off my, my parents' house and the in-laws' house, Lord. And that, Lord, we'd be able to give to world missions, that we'd be able to support the ministry of the gospel all around the world. That is a prayer for favor. An ordinary prayer is, God, just help me to go as far as my parents. Help me not to make any mistakes, Lord. But the prayer for God's favor is, God, help me to take my family and future generations to a new level. Let me set a new standard for family generations that are still to come. So when future generations look back on me 200 years from now, they will say it was because of my late great ancestor, Randy, who believed in the power of God. He believed in the faith of God. He believed in the purpose of God that we are now where we are. Now, I want you to say with me, the prayer for favor opens closed doors. The prayer for favor opens closed doors. See, many people, they tell themselves, well, pastor, if God wants to bless me, he'll just bless me. But the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And the key is you have to ask for the mind of Christ. If you're not asking and believing big, then you're shortchanging yourself. You will never reach your highest potential if you only pray small prayers, if you have limited faith. But I'm encouraging you to ask God for what he has promised already. I'm not saying that you can just make a list and pray for anything, but you say, Lord, I, I want to see the power of God in this day and age. How many have some things in your life right now that you would like to see God do a miracle in? Then are you praying that way? God, I'm asking you to open doors that no man can open and that no man can shut, that we might advance your kingdom. 
that we might see the revival in end times, Lord, that you have promised. Oh, if you believe that God can do exceedingly abundantly above that which you are possibly ask or think, then you pray in that manner. Lord, it's just not enough anymore just to have small faith. You really need to do something big for us, God. Well, the prayer of faith and the prayer of favor opens closed doors. Second, the prayer of favor places the hand of God on my life. I love the end of verse 8 where it says, And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. Nehemiah paid the price in prayer. For four months, he fasted and prayed prior to getting any time with the king. Nehemiah paid the price for prayer, and the hand of God rested on him. And he did not leave his world the same way he found it, because the gracious hand of God was on him. The old timers used to say, well, he's got the touch. He's got the touch. Well, the touch of God is on his life. In Luke 4.18, Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, or I like to say, up on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set oppressed those that are bound. Jesus was realizing it was time for ministry, and the Holy Spirit in him moved from within him and rested upon him. There was a transferring of the anointing. It's time for active ministry. Likewise, when it's time for active ministry in your life, the Holy Spirit who lives in you will come from within you and he'll rest upon you and your knees might buckle a little. The book of Acts tells the story of a handful of men and women who by the power of the Holy Spirit did not leave their world the same way they found it. And I don't know about you, but I've been praying the last several days, Lord, I don't want to leave my world the same way I found it. Lord, I want to see great things. In Acts, they were ordinary people whom God enabled to do extraordinary things. In the beginning of this movement that continues even today, on the day of Pentecost, about 120 believers were gathered together, and the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. And everywhere they went, they were ridiculed and opposed and persecuted, physically assaulted for their belief. Some were even put to death. Yet within a period of about 30 years, the original group of 120 and their converts came to, know, came to be known as the people who turned their world upside down. Upside down. We see their fearless preaching. We see them laying hands on the sick. We see them constantly praying for the Lord to open doors that no man can open. In fact, we look at their life and we say, well, you know, that just seems really radical. You read the book of Acts and you say, well, what they did was really radical. Is it that it's radical or is it that we are now living a watered-down version of Christianity? That what God intended for them is what he intends for us as well. We see the book of Acts and we think, wow, that's impossible. We can never do that. But the Lord says, I'm no respecter of persons. What I promise for one, I'll do for all. And the question I want to ask you this morning is, could what happened in Acts happen again? Could really what happened in the book of Acts happen again? Last night, Ed and I, were, when we were talking, and that's an amazing testimony of how that gentleman died and the Lord brought him back. That's an end-time miracle. I want you to ask yourself, can God use me 
in these last days? Could what happened in Acts again, could it do it right now? The answer is yes, it starts with you and me. Let me ask you this. What if everyone in the church behaved just as you do? How well would the church know the Bible? If everyone treated the Lord like you treat, how many people would be hearing the gospel? What kind of church would we have? The church is made up of people just like us, and we can make a radical difference. In contrast to Nehemiah, the Bible says a great man named Samson did not even know the Spirit of God had left him. It's an amazing story when you look at Samson. It says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, and he tore the lion as if it was a lamb. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, and he, he killed thousands of Philistines. The Spirit of the Lord coming upon him was God saying, my hand is on your life, son. It's a reminder to you that you belong to me. My hand is on your life. Nehemiah said, because the hand of God was on me, I was able to have open doors of favor. Oh, the hand of God on you is an amazing thing. When is the last time you literally felt the presence of the Holy Spirit upon you to the point that your knees buckled a little? The hand of the Lord is upon me. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying when he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's time for ministry. And one of the most interesting and controversial guys in the Bible, Samson, he was a he-man with a she-weakness. It's an amazing story when you look at Samson. Samson could have been one of the greatest leaders in the history of Israel, but instead he, he made terrible choices and his life tragically became an example of how not to live. His life was one of squandered resources and potential. Have you ever looked at someone and said, what a waste. They took all those giftings and they wasted it. Well, that's really the life of Samson. What a waste. He threw it all away because he made some very subtle but serious mistakes. His story stands as a warning of what not to do. But it's also a story that speaks of second chances. As is typical of someone trapped in sin, Samson ignored the warning of those around him, believing that no one understood until he woke up one day and it was too late. And the Bible tells us the Philistines took him and they pulled out his eyes and they brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became, they put him up and began to grind the wheat, the binding, blinding, grinding power of sin. Once an anointed man of God, once a man that had the power of God on his life, the hand of God on him, and then on the other side you have Nehemiah who realizes the only reason I'm here in this palace is to rebuild Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah for four months fasts and pray. Meanwhile, Samson, you look at his life, and the Bible says when the lion came out, he tore it and he walks away and he goes and he has an affair with this Philistine woman. As he's coming back, he looks at the bleached bones of the animal and he puts his hand into it and touches a honeycomb that had been attached there. Now, I don't know how long it takes for bones to be bleached, but it's obvious that Samson had been going quite a long time in his sin yet he's desensitized to it, and he did not even know that the Spirit of the Lord had left him. I've got to ask you, in your life, do you know if the Spirit of the Lord is with you or not? See, that's what sin does. 
it blinds you, it finds you, and then it grinds you. First of all, it blinds you. Sin causes people to do completely irrational things. We all know the story. Men and women leave loving spouses and precious children to go have their so-called fling, their crisis in life, their midlife crisis. And when it's all said and done, they look back and say, oh, what have I done? I've seen it so many times. Don't be deceived by sin. It comes knocking on your door, don't answer. It's a lie. You're being blinded. Next sin will find you. There might be an almost euphoric excitement the first time you cross the line when you sin. That first sexual encounter, the first time you steal an item, the first time you get away with a lie, the first time you have that drink, and now you find yourself always craving that thing. You take the bait, and then you think you're getting away with it, but the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. Sin is going to find you, and then sin's going to grind you. Eventually, you pay a miserable price. Your marriage is broken. The trust is broken. Your witness is destroyed. Your reputation goes down the tubes. Your children are devastated. Oh, it's expensive to sin. So again, we're drawing the comparisons to Nehemiah who's praying for the favor of God so that he knows that God can use him in an amazing way. And you have this other man, Samson, who's gifted of God, he's anointed of God, and he squanders the giftings away. Just parties it away. One of these days, friend, we're going to stand before the Lord. And the Lord's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? Once a man of superhuman strength, taking out Philistines like they were nothing, but now he has no hope. And the Bible says that they literally bring him into the temple, the Philistine temple, and they put him up against the pillars, and they've gouged out his eyes. Once an anointed man of God, and Samson bows his head and he prays for a prayer of favor. And he says, Lord... Can you do it one more time? Lord, can you help me avenge my eyes? And the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Well, let me read it to you, Judges 16 and 28. Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just one more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. He prays the prayer of favor, and the hand of God is placed back on him. Samson's standing there. So many people would say, well, that's good for Samson. Boy, he really did great. He finally came back to God. God used him and he killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. Oh, that's wonderful, Samson. But the reality is, what could he have been? God had an amazing plan and a purpose for his life. Did God give him a second chance? Yes. Was it a sad ending? Yes. Could it have been much better? Yes. But thank God that he still pardons us when we sin. The Holy Spirit is here and he wants to say, before you get to that point of the binding, grinding, blinding power of sin, why don't you begin to pray for something that is so amazing and so awesome and let God do miracles in your life. 
By an upraised hand, how many people would say, Randy, I've got something right now in my life that if God doesn't step in and do, I'm not going to make it? Come on, let me see your hand. If God doesn't step in, I'm not going to make it. To pray for a prayer, a God-sized prayer, that, Lord, it's not enough just for me to get by. We've got to see the power of God today. The power of God today. And I believe, Francis, what's what's about to happen right now is that people all over this room are going to begin to sense that, Lord, you're calling me to do something greater, far greater than I ever had done before. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you begin to move in this place and the prayer of favor would begin to go up. Friends, there are things I pray for in private that I have never told any person These are my secret petitions before God. And if I shared them, you would say, well, Randy, can that really happen? And I'll say, I don't know. I'm trusting God. But if it does, wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be great? As the musicians are coming, I want you to stand and I want you to begin right now just to begin to ask God for the prayer of favor that would open doors in your life. The anointing of the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, can I... Can I be used in a supernatural way? We hear that story with Pastor on that golf cart, and we say, I can never do that. The truth of the matter is, many of us have got dead things in our life right now that God wants to bring back to life dead joy, dead peace. You may never be put in a situation like Pastor Ed where someone dies on a golf cart, but all around you are people that are dying in their fear and their emotion. They're they're hurting, they're broken. And God wants you to pray a prayer of favor that he might put his hand upon you. Have you ever met someone that when they walked in, the atmosphere changed in the room? That you just knew that person was with God, had been with God, and you say, Lord, there's something, I I don't know what it is, there's just something about that person. That's how Nehemiah was. He paid the price in prayer, and God opened a vast door of possibilities. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.